What's up, everyone? Thanks so much for listening to the Go Long Podcast. I greatly appreciate all of your support here on the pod and, of course, over at GoLongTD.com, part of the Substack Network. We've had a ton of new subscribers joining the community uh, in light of Bob McGinn's 39th annual draft series dropping at Go Long. So, uh, thank you, everyone, for joining. Thank you to everyone listening, reading. It is a fantastic time of year. The NFL draft is one week away as you listen to this likely on a Thursday morning, which means hope is in the air everywhere you turn. And for this solo pod, I thought it would be very, very important to touch on the news of the day. Trey Lance, is he on the way out? Is he leaving San Francisco? Are they interested in moving on? From the third overall pick just a few years ago that they traded up so much for. I mean, they're still suffering the consequences of that trade. It was their first round pick that year. Two more first round picks, a third round pick. They gave up the farm for Trey Lance and they just haven't seen any of him to this point. The pandemic didn't help, uh, right? So many reps cut back as a rookie wasn't really able to do a hell of a lot. And then injuries, uh, right when he was set to be the guy this past season, he suffers the season ending injury right out of the chute. And lo and behold, the last pick in the draft, Brock Purdy leads them to the NFC championship game. So what does this all mean? The fact that we should backtrack a little bit. The report is from, I believe, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network that the 49ers are quote unquote fielding calls, not necessarily placing calls. Interesting phrasing, wording. I think that, you know, San Francisco could be quite strategic here and wanting to just gently get the word out that they're in the business of trading Trey Lance because I don't think they would do it right now. I don't think they can do it right now. Brock Purdy is working his way back from serious elbow surgery. Uh, you did sign Sam Darnold, who is a veteran at this point, but, you know, he still needs to get up to speed on Kyle Shanahan's playbook. You could draft a quarterback, but obviously he's starting from square one. So in Trey Lance, you have somebody who knows the offense, who gives you somewhat of an insurance policy. If Brock Purdy needs some time to sit through training camp, the preseason, maybe even the start of the regular season, we'll see where he's at physically. Um, but John Lynch did tip his hand when he said that if Purdy is good to go, that's his starter. You have an asset in Trey Lance. You have a market. There are several teams out there, and we'll get into a few of them, that would absolutely be interested in Trey Lance. I believe Mike Florio at Pro Football Talk pointed out that the Vikings and the 49ers talked about Trey Lance at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. So, you know, Kirk Cousins just so happens to be the one quarterback that Kyle Shanahan ever praised. Kyle Shanahan, not one to dole out uh, much praise at all when it comes to the quarterback position because he is the genius in San Francisco. You know, in so many ways, so many words makes uh, makes it known to everybody that he runs the show. Uh, he had the last pick of the NFL draft running his offense. I think he takes a little bit of pride in that. Uh, ego is not something he's in short supply of at all. Probably not a bigger ego in professional football at that uh, at that job than Kyle Shanahan. So, yeah, I, I think that he's kind of flip flopped in terms of what he wants a quarterback. At first, it was give me the placeholder, give me the play, give me that distributor. 
who's just going to get the ball to these playmakers' hands, to the Debo Samuels, to the George Kittles, to the Brandon Ayukes, and let them do something with it. That's what Jimmy Garoppolo became. And he ran the offense, ran it fine, to a point. As we've mentioned several times on the show, uh, when Kyle Shanahan dialed up a game-winning play against the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl down there in South Florida, and Jimmy Garoppolo could not hit an open Emmanuel Sanders, that absolutely got the wheels turning on, I probably need something better at this position when the defense is playing so lights out for, what, three and a half quarters, and you've got the right players around the quarterback. And then the next year, 2020, remember the the COVID year, you have a situation where Josh Allen comes into your house and utterly eviscerates Robert Sala's defense, embarrasses your defense. He does it with his arm. He does it with his legs. He does it with Brian Dayball on the sideline, dialing up creative plays. I think I, I think our guy Isaiah McKenzie even scored a touchdown that day. So it, it was an absolute slap in the face to how Kyle Shanahan viewed that quarterback position and thinking that he could somehow win a Super Bowl with a Jimmy Garoppolo. You need a freak. You need a physical freak at that position is what so many people heard out of that game, out of that performance by Josh Allen, that it hit Kyle Shanahan particularly hard. So what did he do? He gave up everything for Trey Lance, who, as we mentioned earlier, missed a whole year of football because of COVID, basically. What did he play? Like one one game his last year, and oh, it was at North Dakota State, not necessarily the SEC. Um, That decision really did kind of come down to the wire, too. They liked Mac Jones a lot. They kept everything close to the vest. Outside of Shanahan and John Lynch, nobody in the front office knew what the hell was really going on. And honestly, I really like the swing. I, I think that the logic behind it was sound. Like, you need to take a chance. If you're interested in winning Super Bowls, you need to inject this potentially transcendent run threat, big arm. If, if you remember the, the piece we had way back at Go Long talking to Teammates of Lance's at North Dakota State. I think one of them said that he he's seen Lance throw at 70 yards, and he didn't think he was exaggerating that much. I mean, this is a guy with the tools uh, in this system, with this offense, and then he had that rookie season to mostly sit and wait and learn. I was excited about – I was probably more excited about seeing Trey Lance last season than any individual player in the NFL. Uh, I think that – Man, to unleash those skills with an intellectual like Shanahan calling the plays, it seemed like it could be a perfect fit. And then what happened? He gets hurt. Brock Purdy comes in, and they kind of go back to doing what they did before. And I have a hard time thinking how Shanahan's going to swing back. Um, At this point, it sure doesn't sound like it. And it sounds like they may be okay basically cutting their losses and get with, getting what they can for Trey Lance. What, what, what could you get for Trey Lance at this point? He's It's the worst time to to trade him, right? I mean, there, nobody has really seen him play. You, you can't say that he stinks. You can't say that he's a rising star. It's just kind of, you know, to be determined, TBD. I'll tell you what, though, I think there are a lot of teams that would love to find out, and they're probably going to wait through the draft 
I think that's why this is strategic on the 49ers part. Just kind of put it out there in the atmosphere and frame it around the idea that it's not necessarily you putting it out there. There's just teams calling you, teams inquiring. Okay. All right. Which team would that be then? We didn't hear specific teams. I don't know. It, 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 it just smells like a, a situation that we've seen before when teams are looking to trade a player and they need to get that information out there, but they're not necessarily going to be direct and explosive about it. They want to gently just kind of nudge it into the atmosphere. I think that San Francisco would be open to trading Trey Lance maybe into August, right? When they see Brock Purdy, they see where his health is. They see how Sam Darnold is picking up the offense as a backup, maybe add somebody in the draft. And then you look around the NFL. Where's the Lamar Jackson situation at that point? I mean, Baltimore would seem to be a great spot for Trey Lance, a quarterback who does similar things, similar to Lamar Jackson. It's not just the fact that he's an an athletic uh, running quarterback. It's that you can kind of use him between the tackles as a runner. Now, Lance invites more contact than Lamar, and this is a new offensive coordinator in town, which I'm sure the offense is going to change drastically. But just just in terms of what those linemen are used to uh, in, in their blocking and, and their feel for a quarterback and the offense that they did run, makes a lot of sense. Uh, we'll see where that situation is with Lamar Jackson. What about the Tennessee Titans? I love this spot for the Titans. Ryan Tannehill is a quarterback of the previous regime, the previous GM, John Robinson, and they deserve a lot of credit for bringing him in on the cheap uh, to push Marcus Mariota and just see if that's an option for you. If Mariota faltered, he did. Tannehill came in. He led you to the AFC Championship game. He had a, a really good year and a half run. Statistically, right up there in terms of passer rating with anybody in the NFL, and then he kind of regressed to what he is, and that's a middling quarterback that will take you so far. So you have a new GM. You have Mike Vrabel. He's still around. Derrick Henry, still around. Jeffrey Simmons gets the big deal. Trying to do one of those competitive rebuilds where you're not necessarily tanking, but you're clearly looking to the future. You can get out of Tannehill's contract after a year. What what better time to bring in a developmental quarterback who just need, needs to play? You know, you make a trade for Trey Lance. It probably isn't going to cost too much. I This is going to be a, a really bad turn of events for San Francisco after everything they gave up for Trey Lance. But you're looking at, what, a third-round pick? Maybe? Maybe a second? Just kind of guessing here, but it's, it's hard to give up too much for something you haven't even seen. So I think it would be smart for a team like the Titans to get in on the Trey Lance trade discussions if it does come to that. And if you're the Titans, you're not going to do anything right now. You're going to sit there at 11 and see what happens on draft day. Does a Will Levis fall? Does an Anthony Richardson fall? Do you try to make a move up? Do you get bold? Are they the team that somehow gets into that top five and does something drastic? I think this is going to be an entertaining as hell NFL draft one week from today, Thursday morning. And I think that the Trey Lance situation kind of looms over it all. That's kind of a musical chairs consolation prize for a lot of these teams that need a quarterback, right? The Colts, 
They're sitting at four. Uh, Matt Miller reported that they have Levis ahead of Richardson because they believe Levis can play earlier. Do they go with the Kentucky quarterback if he's there? Do they aggressively move up for C.J. Stroud at number two? I mean, here's another twist to the draft. C.J. Stroud is represented by David Mugaletta, same agent for Deshaun Watson. The Texans and Watson just went through as messy of a breakup as it gets. I mean, they gave Watson the big contract. He wanted out. There was the off the field accusations. He's eventually traded. Um, we've seen, and this is to, to the agent's credit. I mean, he's one of the best in the business. He's going to fight for his clients and he makes record setting contract after record setting contract happen. Uh, I, I do wonder if you're the Texans, if you enter that realm, I mean, maybe they go with one of the edge rushers, a Tyree Wilson, a Will Anderson. At two, or maybe they really dangle that second overall pick out there to Indianapolis, to the Raiders, to another team, and they get a lot of picks in return because God knows they need help everywhere. So I think the Texans, my guess right now is that they either trade down or if they really like, I don't know if Jalen Carter's really in the conversation anymore at two, but if they like any non-quarterback, they can get their pick there at two as well. This is assuming that the Panthers would draft Bryce Young, right? If the Panthers really love C.J. Stroud, that also is a, a variable to take into consideration. But I, I think that the Lance, uh, the 49ers seriously considering moving on from Trey Lance, it does make things very, very interesting. The Minnesota Vikings, you know, they, they've got some financial ramifications with Kirk Cousins. Let me just pull this up here. They have restructured Cousins' contract, but if the Vikings trade Cousins before June 1st, that's a cap hit of $38 million. Um, So that's a lot. So they'd have to wait. At the same time, as much as the Vikings say the right things about Kirk Cousins, and they do, Kevin O'Connell has been the absolute right hire for this team. They removed the disease that was Mike Zimmer. They changed the culture, the atmosphere in every conceivable way. The NFLPA report that came out, I mean, there's a reason the Vikings were number one. Players just love showing up to work every day now. The facilities are stunning. I've been there, spent some time there last year. They're moving in the right direction, but they've had to make some really hard decisions. They've had to get out of some contracts that they, frankly, just couldn't afford. I mean, Eric Kendricks has been just the epitome of a leader and the type of um, professional that any team would want, but they had to move on from him, Adam Thielen, and they have to have a plan post-Kirk Cousins. He's getting up there in age, and if they loved him, they would they would find a way just to extend a, extend his deal. Now, no quarterback wants to be a lame duck, and as much as Kirk Cousins used to love those one-year deals, I'm sure he'd like a little security as well. The, the Vikings, they're keeping their options open. Trey Lance is from the state of Minnesota. It's home for him. He He would be familiar with the bitter cold. Uh, it's a it, it's a fresh, exciting team. That's a lot going for it. The Vikings could also enter the equation. So I think that might be the purpose here with the 49ers gently putting this out there. But they didn't really put it out there, remember? It's other teams just asking. Other teams just calling. It's so funny how the NFL works, right? As much as we like to think that these – all these men in suits just know way more than, than any of us. It's 
it's really a lot like you and your buddies just trying to uh, navigate through life and put messages out there and there. Sometimes you can read right through it. And I, I think this is, I think this is one of those times the, the, the 49ers this week made it clear. They're okay. Moving forward with Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold. If Brock Purdy's health checks out, right? Big if they don't know where it's going to be. You've got to do a lot of check-ins there. We're only in what in the middle of April. And if Sam Darnold is, you know, good enough to be a backup, which he should be, that's, that's an interesting signing. We've seen quarterbacks worse than Sam Darnold excel in this offense. Trey Lance becomes available, and you're going to get a lot of opinions on Trey Lance all over the place. I like him. I think that in the right system, with the right coach, the right play caller, Kevin O'Connell would be incredible in Minnesota for him. Still kind of like the Titans. I think they're doing the right thing, right? Don't just tear it all down. Compete. That this this could be a storyline that lingers through the month of May and June and July. Um, so keep an eye on it. Thank you, everyone out there, for reading, listening. Bob McGinn's draft series is off and running. We will have the offensive line up Thursday, and then quarterbacks right around the corner. So it's a perfect time to subscribe to Go Long if you don't already. If you do, share the word with a friend. Uh, greatly appreciate all of you. You know, we're reliant on word of mouth, not not doing advertisements, not doing anything through corporations. This is all about the people and you spreading the good word. So thank you for keeping our independent, long-form journalism alive and well, thriving. Greatly appreciate you all. We'll catch you next time.